podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. To make America's craft wine, you've got to make it like America. Bold, ambitious, unconventional. Crushing grapes like our forefathers crushed kings. So grab a bottle of Lodi Cabernet with full-bodied flavors of berries, tart cherry, sweet oak, and cinnamon. Pour it in a glass or a flask and go forth. Because there's history in the making. The Federalist, America's craft wine. Federalist Vineyards, Rutherford, California. Enjoy responsibly. Good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 podcast for this Sunday night during the international break. I am joined by Keith, I'm joined by Shani, and I'm joined by Grizz. An absolute packed show tonight. Um, we will talk about the pay-per-view stuff. We will talk about the possible um, minority stake being bought in FSG. We're going to talk about this derby that's coming up at the weekend and how big it is. And we're going to have a lovely chat about Jürgen Klopp at the end of the show. It's going to be an absolute packed show, I'm going to be honest with you. Before we get going, though, we have put out a tweet onto our uh, timeline. If you see it there, it's letting you know we're going live please hit the retweet button please hit the like button and if you're on um i'm watching now as you obviously are um hit the like button share and if you haven't subscribed already go and subscribe last thing i'll say uh the flick sport app um if you like talking to us or, or watching us and you like to talk to us during the week away from the shows get onto the flick sport app download it on the apple or the de- android stores and just type in trippers chats as the group of your destination um it's all in the description below there you go. It's all in there. We've made that big effort to do that for you. Um, I'm going to start off tonight, though, with um, COVID concerns. Now, many of you know Sean. He shoots straight from the hip, and he just told me today, the whole fucking squad have it. That was his words to me. Um, Sean, this is getting a bit worrying. Now, I'm not saying no one else is worrying, but I'm finding that you are the biggest worrier over this because... every couple of days, another Liverpool player has contacted COVID-19. Um what are you making of this? Does, is this for you going to get worse as it goes on, or is it just a patch that's happening and it'll go away? How are you, what's your feelings on it? It seems to be in drips and drabs, like it's coming out. Obviously, it was Thiago and then Mane, and then Shaq had it, but hadn't got it anymore, had antibodies. So he would have had it, he would have contracted it from the team. And then, as far as I'm aware, Nabi Keita was tested positive today. So, which means he could have been in an incubation period from, what, up to 14 days. So, mm. he could have been in and around the squad. So, they're just kind of hoping for it to stop and fade away and to stop being an issue. Um, we seem to be one of the only clubs really suffering with it because it seems, it seems to me Thiago brought it in. 
and affected a couple of the boys whilst he was at it. Now, completely unbeknownst to him, obviously, these lads are all elite athletes, so it's highly unlikely that they be asymptomatic or, at the very least, have slight, slight symptoms. So, um, yeah, you just, it's kind of like waiting for the storm to pass that you don't know whether it's there or not. So, I'd, I'd imagine in the next two weeks when our players stop getting it, you'd hope that it's passed. Mm. Um, because I know, I know I'm not 100% up on the science of it because to be honest with you, I kind of gave up on listening to COVID around <laughs> May. It was every day in the news. Like, like everybody, you just switch off. Yeah. Um, you can you can contract it twice, but it's highly unlikely that you'll contract it twice. Mm. So yeah. you just have to hope that we can we can get through it. You know what I mean? It is a bit of a worry because look, you don't want to be missing any number of players from your squad at any one time and it's fucking something that we know very little about. So yeah, it's a worry for me and take the being out. It's unfortunate because he was really getting going and at least it's not some sort of muscle injury that will inhabit his game. And I know people are saying, oh, we have long-term effects on athletes. We still don't know much about this, the virus at the moment. So you just have to wait for it to pass. Unfortunately, this points that we're living in where it's hugely taken away from the enjoyment of this Liverpool team. And it continues to do so until there's some sort of vaccine in place. Yeah, a couple of points. Kieran Torrance says, don't worry about us COVID lads. Players will be at herd immunity level soon and we won't have to worry. Uh, somebody actually said that to me on the golf course today. They went, genuinely, on the golf course, someone turned to me and said, do you remember when they were in the bubble, when they were finishing the season and there wasn't an issue and now they're not in these bubbles and, and it's a problem. Is there an argument for them to just literally do herd, herd immunity and just let them fucking all get it and close football down for a couple of weeks and then just start it up again I thought it's not a bad point you know when, when you think about it as as the numbers I think which will rise amongst footballers um, yeah. over the next couple of weeks but Stephen O'Connor says tier 3 in Liverpool that could uh, sorry I put it up there tier 3 in Liverpool that could last for 6 months pubs, bars and gyms are to close not good at all feel sorry for all businesses that's that's madness um, 6 yeah. months is, is fucking incredible when you look at the six months you're going to have for if you look at bars on their own pubs and bars like you have you have Halloween you have Christmas you have New Year you know six months from now is St. Patrick's Day which is huge in Liverpool um, that's that's phenomenal um, to be coming out Keith are you as worried as Shawnee or do you think it could be a herd immunity thing could, or could he just decide listen everything stops now fuck it everything stops and, and we deal we deal with it like we did you know, four, three, four months ago. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, that it, it's only Liverpool players seemingly that are getting hopped out of it. That, well, maybe that's all we're hearing, but I haven't heard of other other teams. It could get to that stage. I mean, people are saying in the comments there about Liverpool going into a six-month lockdown. That's madness. You know what I mean? That, that That's absolutely crazy. But there's other, clo- other cities as well. Manchester, Newcastle, <clears throat> Leeds are all going apparently the same way. And yet their players aren't, aren't contracting. I don't know if it's as simple as one player came in, had the disease, and it's after spreading through our squad, as Shawnee said with Thiago, or whether it is a case that they're all going to start dropping like flies and then they'll put a, a stop to it there, Kieran saying Laporte and Gundogan at City. Um, there's been rumours of a lot of players getting it, and I don't know if teams are, are publicising it or maybe we're just not seeing it. 
was yeah, Chris playing about Tierney from Arsenal. That was a close contact, wasn't it? Um, there's a few of them. There'll be loads of these. The Ireland today, I think, got absolutely. Only missed the game the other night because they were in close contact with somebody who was tested positive. Look, it's Lord knows when it's gonna go away. Like I'm I'm a big NFL fan now and that's ravaged by it, but yeah. I think there's gonna be although we don't know about it, I think regarding football there will be contingency plans in place. Uh I don't think football will stop personally because I think they can get on with it. I think these <coughs> businesses with loads of money at hand who have access to testing and other sort of facilities, they'll be able to get on with it. Like you said, Gav, it's small businesses like over the period of Christmas that will really struggle. Mm. You need to be mindful of people's mental health and well-being because it's it's dark times, you know what I mean? It really is. And football does give us a lift. And I know we'll segue into trying to charge 15.95 to watch a game, but football is... A lot that people, it's it's all that people really have. Like some people, they lived for it, you know what I mean, and on the weekends. And we were, we were huge advocates of that back in the summer when we thought the league was going to be cancelled. And people just thought that we were saying that because we wanted to get back and win the league. Like football is massive for people, yeah. it's massive for social circles. Even if you can't sit around the pub, you know what I mean? Just the likes of this group, if football gets stopped again, what are we going to be doing? Quizzes every other night? Yeah. The best Liverpool 11 starting with the letter C. Yeah. Jamie Carragher's anti or something like that. Like, you know, yeah. Jamie Carragher had another uh, stupid 11 every Wednesday, like players who played in shopping Aldi and stuff like, like that, it. you know. <laughs> <laughs> players that shop in Aldi. You just need to... Um, I, I think as it goes on, the club will become more stringent with the deadline. Look, we can put all of this shit in place, but if FIFA are demanding that players fly to all corners of the world and join up yeah. with players from yeah, all other corners just, of the world. I want to segue, yeah. I want to segue into something about the, about the Liverpool as a club and how they could have dealt with it. What's the club that actually stopped their players from going out? Was it Salzburg? And it Juventus. Salzburg. And Juventus. I think we've missed a, a massive... Not a trick, but it's it's genuine. I think we've ma- we, I think we should have followed suit. The amount of we'd have been that- we'd have been upended Lashed. by the FA yeah, if exactly. if we'd have done this. I think we don't get the Global support of FA than what those teams would. It's not even the support. I, th- I think Juven- I think I think Juventus would just tell the Italian FA we're not doing it. That's it. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and well, the I same and the same in Austria. Well, if you we need to look at the players, if we, if we did. If we go through the players oh, that have c- contracted it with us, right? And, you know, Sean is convinced, and I'm pretty much convinced that they're all going to get it at some stage, whether it comes out or whether it's through tests, whatever, we don't know. But it's one of those diseases where they're in contact with each other every single day. It's, it seems as though Thiago's brought into the squad. We don't want to over-speculate on that, but it seems as though that's the case. We've had, don't forget, the we've had we've had Simicas and Rigi with it, before the start of the season as well. Apparently, Gomez had it as well. So Apparently add that Gomez. to the numbers. So we're talking about seven, eight players from our squad that have got it. I thought I thought we had a valid, valid case or strong enough case to say, look, our players, are. we need to self-isolate for these two weeks. And that seems like that what should have been done across the board. But obviously, FIFA, 
weren't going to allow that. But I, I'm not sure if, you know, how Juve done it or how Red Bull Salzburg done it. We should have at least at least put that forward because it could be squad crippling. It is a worry. It absolutely is. There are other teams with it, other players with it. Sort of, you mentioned a couple of City players. Still, and um, just was the goal to England, and they didn't they didn't disclose the injury or anything. They just said he's not going. Yeah, of course. I was just going to say you don't have to say COVID. I was going to say you can say you know unspecified injury, and and you know no one's going to object to it. Look into it overly. I think we did miss a trick there. I think this two weeks that we spent fucking around all around the world playing useless um, uh, internationals could have been used for two-week isolation. I think football will have to, at some point, be disrupted um, if this continues, if the levels increase. It will have to be. There will be too much pressure There'll be too much pressure, Shoni, from from from. It's know, not. From, it's not even that. I, if, if you if, but Shoni, one sec. If if you if you turn if you turn around and you look and you say right, say for argument's sake, Liverpool or or Manchester United or Man City or or whoever turn around and say we've eight players with it, we've eight players with it, you know we've ten players with it. Now we've only fifteen players. We can't even fill a fill a match day squad. You know, something's going to have to happen if that ha- if that comes about. And listen, it's extremely easy for a club to go from no cases to 10 because of the environment they walk in. It's, it's very simple. I want to read this this message out, though. It's from Ian Barron. He says, hi, guys. I'm a Darlington FC fan. You're very welcome. We were made bankrupt in 2011, reformed in 2012, and had three promotions. We are currently a fan-owned National League North Club. We were demoted four leagues. And they're on their way back. That is mental. That's um, that's some commitment, though. I have to give it to you. That's absolutely some commitment. You know, we're we're moaning about three wins out of four in the Premier League, and you tell us that story it makes us feel awful. Yeah. Yeah, we're moaning about a few players missing, and well, some of these clubs don't survive all the way yeah. up until League One. Absolutely. Yeah. If he if he if Ian Barron is sitting at home going, these kids don't know they're born, I think he's well within his rights. Um I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest with you. Listen, the COVID stuff as it develops or doesn't or whatever, we keep up the track we keep up to date and, and on track with it and all that sort of stuff as the days and weeks and months go on and we'll always have update updates on it. I know it's a pain in the hole because as Shawnee said, well listen to this since March, it's a, you know, it's just you become nearly deaf to it. But we you know, when it comes to Liverpool Football Club and, and the, the goings on around the coronavirus and the club itself it's something you have to always keep an eye on and discuss um, Grizz I want to stay with you and I just want to go on quickly on this um, Jack Butland is being linked with Liverpool and it's sent a shiver down my spine I'm being honest with you mm-hmm. um, what do you make of this is this just more reaction to the Villa game and, and just throw a name out there and hope for the best or do you think Liverpool could seriously be considering uh, bringing in another goalkeeper by the, um, October the 16th Okay, do you remember you said something really good about goalkeepers a couple of seasons ago? And um, and you said something about if you were still discussing whether player X is good enough mm-hmm. uh, for your club, it's usually it's because he's not. Yeah. And that's the state we're in with this with this fella. Um, you know, I don't want to go on about him because it just it will just work us all up. Well, it works me up anyway. You guys are cool dudes. You might not work you up. But it does. It starts affecting my my well-being, right? I start drinking my tea quicker. Do you know what I mean? All them kind of little, little habits, right? He's muck. He's absolute muck. And the fact that going into sort of week five now, it will be of the Premier League, won't it? Week five, 
and we're considering, oh, supposedly we're not, let's get that out of the way, we're not going to bring in a goalkeeper. There's nothing in the Butland uh, link as far as I think. As far as I know, yeah. as well. Well, exactly. But the fact, the fact that someone we could have scouted three years ago, Keith, right? The fact that we're even discussing him shows you the level of keeper that we've currently got. Look, we know what we got. He's he's settled in there. Um, you know, some people think that he was um, crucial to the 10-win game, winning streak last season. I don't personally think, you know, you know my thoughts. I thought he's got a mistake in him every game, but we were so good. Our level of confidence was so high that we overrode everything. It's slightly different. And that's my worry this time round. He was helped by the Super Cup last year as well, Grizz, in the Adrian, sense that yeah, sure. he, the second game and he saves penalties in a shootout to secure a trophy. Like, so that gave yeah. him the, the impetus to impetus. So on. Now the confidence isn't there now. And it's the this opposite. This is my worry. And, and look, people can dress it up how they want and say, oh, listen, he's, he's a backup and it's decent and everything. He's not. He's an awful. He was West Ham's second keeper for a reason. He was out in Spain without a club for a reason. A decent keeper gets snapped snapped up. I, I can't remember the circumstances we brought him in, but whatever it was, he's not even suited to our style of play. You know, when we look at keepers stylistically, in terms of ones that come out, command the area, good on the ball, read the play, are used to playing with the offside line. He was used to playing with West Ham's offside line, for fuck's sake. Literally next to him on the goal line, right? He's not even stylistically used to our way of playing. So I don't, you know, we, we've praised Edwards and co and our recruitment team fine, but this one was a howler. We have to accept Men- it. It was a howler. Menelay almost there. Uh, Menelay went late in the window. And I think... Yeah. That's what it was. Just, You're right. We just yeah. Hilbert, so we look, we're allowed to make... We're allowed to make slight errors in the transfer market and I think it's fair to say this was an error in the transfer market now we're stuck with him so we've got to just grin and bear it Klopp Linders have to slightly adjust our tactics our way of playing until Allison comes back and that's all we can hope for there's no chance we throw in the young Irish lad I personally rate him I know you guys don't think highly of him I do. I think I put him in. I put him in on Friday, and it's I, just his physique, Shawnee. I think he's got the. I think he's got the uh, calmness. What's the word I'm looking for? The he's the better composure. He's, he's better composure. with the ball at his feet than I. He's, I was just going to say he's, he's much better. With better the ball at his feet. Much better with the ball at his feet. It's just his physique. You can imagine um, with them two lumps up front, Everton. They can. They would bombard us. Yeah. With, if they saw the young kid in goal, they probably will do that. Seeing Adrian in goal, to be honest with you, that's the only thing I the reason why I wouldn't play Kelleher. But his composure, his maturity is way beyond his age. Uh, you know, that's the only reason his physicality is the only reason I wouldn't throw him in there. But there's no there's no goalkeeper coming in, and Jack Butland's absolute gone down the pan, bless him, since his injury. So that wouldn't make sense either. Well, well, you see, the thing about Jack Butland is like very, very highly rated um, a couple of years ago. But he's he was relegated with Stoke the season before last, so he's sitting at Stoke, you know, on big money, and no one's gone in from. No one said, "Oh, Jesus, Jack Butland stood out. He's really good, and you know, he's unfortunate. He nearly kept him in the league. He was probably fucking one of the biggest reasons they they went down." But 
that if that doesn't tell you something, what 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 would? You know, we're sitting here three, four transfer windows since he got relegated. No one's gone near him. You know, um, but I I think we're just Adrian Adrian is is, is in goal for Liverpool until Allison comes back. I think we just have to deal yeah. with that. Um, I just want to quickly say, and Dicko says, Grizz, we've signed worse keepers. I agree, but not under this regime. That's my point. Not under this recruitment policy. Not under these scouts. We've signed awful keepers. We know that. But this is the worst keeper we've signed in terms of this new committee recruitment policy. You know, uh, um, that's what I meant. Under these, under these, under these owners. Mm-hmm. We know we've signed worse. We've signed some atrocious. What? I'd sign Butland. Would you? And I'd, and I'd play him on Saturday ahead of Adrian. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. See, it's been doing my head. Here. Go on. And I'll oh. tell you why. I'll tell you why. And uh, you know, yes, yeah, so I'm not a very reactionary lad, but he's just Adrian is not good enough. And the fact him just being in goal on Saturday, yeah. there's a stigma around him now. Exactly. There's a stigma around him. We could pluck we could pluck any second team keeper from any team in the Premier League and you'd feel more comfortable now in Adrian in goal because he's not it's not Adrian. Yeah. That's why you'll play Keller. Because if Keller has been making a mistake, he's very young. And he's going to make mistakes in his career anyway. Adrian is... I, I don't know. I've done a complete 180 on him since, since no last sir. week. No, in the game. I, and I, I put my hand up and admit I was wrong because I thought a few of the lads were being harsh. I know Dicko, I know Grizz, and I know Davro um, were very vocal and wanting him out and wanting a better second choice. And I was of the idea that, look, we won't be using our second choice. But lo and behold, can I, can, I, can, I, can I possibly offer you small light at the end of the tunnel and say, now that you've said the focus will be on him, there's a stigma around him, everyone will be watching him. Will it calm him down, Shawnee? No. I'm hoping it will calm him down. Maybe he'll go we'll, back to basics. I won't be helping him either. It won't be helping him reading in the newspapers that were linked to a goalkeeper as well. Tell you well, that that depends. Happen. That depends how how good the links are. You know, apparently Blood Red have done a podcast earlier and said that Blood to Liverpool is just not happening. The the yeah, thing for me is, said, and 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 listen, uh, the, the, no, we'll we'll move on from in a minute. But the thing for me with, with Adrian is, he tries to be too clever. He tries to be something he's not, and that's, that's the, it. one of the that's he's the one of the worst. It's 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 one of the worst traits you can have as a footballer. Football man, shout that one. That needs to right. be repeated. Say that again, Keith. The Spanish Joe Hart. He's the yeah. Spanish the Joe Hart. He bigs up when he makes a mistake, but he always makes a mistake. I'd literally have Joe Hart in goal. I'd start Joe. If we had Joe Hart at the club, I'd start him on Saturday. I'm not joking. Yeah, but you I'm see, like, the, but you see, the thing is, like this happened last season when he came in, and you know he comes on against Norwich at Anfield, and and we win four one, and then we go away no, to Southampton, and he makes a bollocks of a few that's, things. That's a brilliant point because last year when he came on against Norwich, he was a Mignolet. Yeah. So we were like, oh, well, thank God, fucking Mignolet. Yeah, that but, what I'm saying, but, but, but this, is, this is what I'm saying to you. When he comes on and he, and he has that problem against Southampton, he's, he's poor against Leicester for their goal from Madison, I think, scores. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but, but he, he's, he was trying to be something that he's not. And, and this crept in again against Villa where balls passed back to him. Listen, you're not Alison Becker. You're not going to be able to take her your feet and ping a 40, 50 yards to, to Trent Alexander-Arnold. And you're not going to be able to play a little ball into midfield and get us torn and, and moving. Kick the fucking thing, right? And the gas thing is, if you watch, go back and watch last season. After he makes that holder against Southampton, the players are literally 
passing it back to him and they're not going near him. They're not moving out wide. They're not moving back towards him. They're standing exactly where they are as if to say, well, don't pass it to me. You've only one option here and it has to go long. Now, people would claim that, oh, that would be an issue for Liverpool. It's only an issue if you're not hungry enough to win a second ball. And yeah. that's where, that listen, needs most. I don't disagree with Shawnee and I don't disagree with Grizz or anybody else that says Adrian isn't good enough to play and go for Liverpool. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. But this is the situation you're in, whether whatever way it came around or whoever else is to blame or whatever it may be. But you have to deal with it. And the easiest way to deal with this is to say to Adrian, listen, if you're not confident and you don't want to catch it, don't. Just push it as far away in goal as you can. If it gets to your feet, fucking boot it. Unless it's a player completely open in 50 yards of space. Just keep launching it up the fucking pitch. And we'll win the second ball and we'll play from there. That's the way we're going to have to do this for four to six weeks. It's just the way it is. There's no there's no, there's no, no way around it. You know, and... Can I throw something in my... Yeah. About keepers, right? So I think goalkeepers to Klopp are like centre-backs or defenders to Pep Guardiola. I think they're a huge blind spot for him. The obvious exception is, is Alisson, right? I don't think he signed the keeper in his managerial career until he signed uh, Cardius for us. I could be wrong on that. could be well wrong. But I think the likes of Weidenfeller and all that Dortmund came through. Uh, I think the Mines keepers might have been in-house. There was a big hoo-ha at the time that you know he doesn't sign keepers. He goes with what's there. I don't know if he has this blind spot or he, he, he leaves it to John Achterberg for his opinion too much because our keeper recruitment outside of Allison, which is, you know, the big one, got that one right, can't argue. But the characteristics, Carius of Adrian, of Jack Butland being linked, you know, all these, these number twos that get linked, they there doesn't seem to be any joined up thinking with it. They're not like going for a keeper that can play. As we've all said, we can play with the ball at his feet, can play the ball out was comfortable. Yeah. We don't seem to be doing that. There's no thinking behind it. And I don't know if he, he leaves it. It's not, he, he just doesn't want to get involved. He gives too much faith with the goalkeeper. He doesn't, he's not ruthless enough with them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he just uh, leaves it to Akteberg and do our goalkeeping coach. I think he does. Boys. I think he does. I'm going heavy on the young lads, though. There's a lot of young lads at the baseball. They're churning them over, aren't they, Shawnee? They're, yeah, they're coming lads, in and I they're going out just as quick. Lads, I genuinely think the, the new kid that we bought, the Brazilian, Alisson's recommendation, I genuinely think he will be promoted far quicker than a lot of people are thinking. Yeah, he's only um, honestly, I, would, I would play him on Saturday. Shani will play Roy Cropper in goal on fucking Saturday if he got the chance. Just isn't, once he doesn't have to look at uh, Adrian. That game is on Roy on half 12 on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. But when you see, when you see the build-up, Watch yeah. it. Yeah, the build up will be Yeah, I know I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Well that's that's Aiden a nice um, made a brilliant point about their forwards will be pressing they're already pressing demons under Ancelotti, but they will be licking their lips, you know, every back pass will be harassed. He will be under no, huge no, pressure. My that's no problem. Like, no, but you see that's no problem. That yeah, makes his mind that, 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 Grizz, that makes his mind up for him. That makes his mind up for him. That's a simplistic way of saying it because that's not how we Liverpool Football Club play football. Everyone has it. And and that's not the the blueprint of our success. But Grizz, but Grizz, so listen, we're not gonna lump the listen you have time. to, no, but listen, you have to adapt to the situation you're in. If, 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 I would, Sunday, I, yeah. Grizz, I would be happy if, if you told me that Richarlison and Calvert-Leon and whoever else, James Rodriguez, well, James Rodriguez won't chase that and he doesn't run, but... Even he'll run this time. 
Right, no, no. I would, I would have no problem if you said to me they're going to close down him or they're going to make make an attempt to get close to him when, when the ball comes. Mm. I'd have no problem because I know then the options are taken over his over his mind. That it's just I have to get rid of this, and that's the issue. If you watch him when he has to just do something instinctively and kick it, fine. But when he gets his foot on and he starts looking around oh, and thinking, he's he's there, he's that's the issue. Low. Ah, Chris, listen, all, kicking yeah, That's all keepers issue. do that. All keepers do that. All keepers hit bad balls out into the middle of midfield and you get caught. But what I'm saying is there's much less chance of you being caught if that happens, if you kick it to the halfway line, than it is if you're playing it across your six-yard six box. This makes Everything will set traps if everything are cute. What they'll do is they may just stand off and then let them take a touch and then let them go. But if we have any sense, we'll just go, listen, just get fucking rid of it. Just get rid of it. And that's that's the end of it. But we could go on all night about this fella, but I'm sure we'll end. Um, we'll have a big discussion during the week about it when we're doing proper actual previews of the game and who we would like to start. Um, Shawnee's putting forward anyone, anyone that wants a game, throwing up a Goodison Park about <laughs> quarter past 12. About quarter past 12 on Saturday. Just tell him Shawnee sent you. Yeah, yeah, Roosh. Now, let me see. That was um, you were talking about the build up, Shawnee, and that was a, it was a great segue until me uh, and Grizz start arguing. And the segue is the pay per view stuff and the Premier League. And there's a lot going around. And Shawnee, I'll stick with you on it. There's a lot going around about you know there was a vote and apparently they wanted twenty five quid a game and even the even the Premier League teams were like, whoa, hold on, you know that's going a bit far. But what do you make of this, Shawnee? Because you know. The way football's gone, they're staggering kickoffs and stuff like that. But this, to me, looks like it does feel like a bit of a money grab, Shawnee. Now, people will argue, ah, oh, well, you get to see every other game anyway. You know, people watch it on streams and wherever else. So, what's the difference? But for 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 fans that want to see their team and don't have the option of streams and stuff like that, it's a bit of a money grab, isn't it? Yeah, it's very disappointing um, because it just shows how how a touch reality. At the Premier League, and well, what's going on in the current situation? And look, a, a common argument made by football fans is, yeah, they are being priced out of the game with tickets and that. But if you want access to every Premier League game now, you probably need three or four subscriptions, and a total amounting to what probably 120 yeah. quid a month. So it's already expensive to watch football. And piracy is a massive, massive issue with football at the moment. The people are just looking down other avenues. They're not enticing people to do the right thing no. because they're pricing people out of it. That's what it is, especially in these times where people have found it hard to come across money. People probably would have had that season ticket passed down and they pay for games through that way. And that's, that's better for them. You don't, watch, you don't watch the football at home. You don't go to the pub and watch matches. 15 euro a match is scandalous. And fifteen pounds, sorry. It's honestly um it just shows how how touch that they are. And I'm surprised that clubs aren't intervening and saying, Well, what the fuck is going on? We've all turned around and said, We we haven't the Premier League set up a Netflix service. I'm dreading now if they do because mm-hmm. I can only imagine what they'll charge yeah, if yeah. if you're getting every game yeah. per month. Um uh, it's a massive, massive misread by the Premier League. And I think it's actually a missed opportunity for them to show advertisers that they can provide a service for a decent price. They've completely got it wrong. They've yeah. absolutely flunked it. They flunked right. it big. 
Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. I think they have. Courtney nearly says what's ridiculous about the pay-per-view is that countries outside the UK pay a lot less per season than us for matches and they get all of them, which is a fair point. You know, if you go on and you have your access to American Challenge, you can watch any bleeding Premier League game yeah. you want. I'm watching um, Days and Days and do a, uh, yeah, a in Canada, yeah. don't they? That you yeah. can get any game. Like, but yeah. oh, so, many people were, so many people were DMing and telling me, we, look, in our countries, India, Canada, Australia, yeah. so many countries are telling us we get all the games for free. It's a, as Shuni says, it just shows, literally just shows how out of touch they are with reality and life on the, you know, on, on, you know, socially right now where we're at. It's an absolute um, scandalous, I'd say scandalous decision. I wouldn't be surprised if it's overturned eventually. They stop this. I oh, think the I backlash agree. has been huge. The backlash has been huge. Um, and you're not only talking sort of fans, you're talking journalists, mainstream journals getting on their backs. Um, so, the, you know, it's a, it's, it's a pure opportunist move. Well, Absolutely you, you, pure opportunist move. You say opportune, opportunistic move, and then when you look at Liverpool versus Sheffield United, which was down for 3 p.m. Um, the week after next, and now they've moved to the 8 p.m. on pay-per-view. You know, so <laughs> if you want opportunistic, that's where it is. James Pierce done a tweet on it um, the other day. We stuck it on our Instagram because he made a very, very good point. You know, um, there's, there's times people are in, during tough times, and as Sean, said earlier, football plays a massive part in people's lives. And to turn around and say to someone, Oh yeah, and you know, like you see all this government stuff, and you see the Premier League, and you see Sky and BT, and they've all these hashtags about sticking together and in this together and stand firm and all this shit. Um, when actually what they're doing is they're just trying to basically tell you, please don't cancel your subscription. And by the way, a couple of months down the line, when we still have no fans in the ground, we're going to just start charging to watch the game because you know what, we have you fucking cornered, and yeah. we can just make you pay for it. And that's the fucking truth. They have that's you it. cornered. They have you absolutely cornered, and they've sweetened enough by by saying. Here, I'll tell you what we do. The first four, five, six games of this season, we'll stagger all the stuff, right? And we give it, and we put them on all our channels. And isn't that great? Well, not, no, not really, no. Because as Kieran Thorne says, he just renewed the Sky and BT over £102 per month. And now they want yeah. them to pay an extra £15 yeah. a game. So what they've done is oh, they've lulled you into a false sense of security. And now they've cornered you into, oh, I'm really. They get you used to football with no fans. And then they say to you, oh, here we go. I'll tell you what we do. Now, do you want to watch Liverpool against Sheffield United? Well, remember we had it staggered in 3pm. The, the lockout when 3pm was gone. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. We're moving at 8 o'clock and give me 15 quid. And do you know what's going to happen? It's not. IPTV is what's going to happen. And people are yeah. going to go on. They're going to log on to NBC Sports Gold and they're going to bash it on and watch it. And fair fucking play to them. Um, I, wonder, Gav, I wonder how many people will actually pay for any of these matches. Like, I'd love to see the figures. I think... They will shoot themselves in the foot by pricing it at that because I don't think many, like, sure people will, some people will, but I think their take up will be yield, will be very low mm. for what so they're would expecting. I. I mean, I wouldn't pay 15 quid for any of them. If Liverpool aren't on the telly and I don't have IPTV, I won't That's watch the it. Thing. They've actually, they've, they've harmed themselves, yeah. even financially in it. If they had said it's a fiver for the game, would have yeah. been grand. So Sky do on no TV they do a weekend pass. It's a tenner, and whatever games on that weekend you'll get, and on the, any of the Sky Sports channels, like they're completely out of touch. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked because Simon Jordan does be on uh, Talk Sport, and I hate Talk Sport, but I do listen when he's on because I do like the points that he makes. 
And he's turned around and said, it just goes to show that England can produce all of these players in St. George's Park, new styles of football, this, this and this. But the fundamental issue with the FA and the Premier League is that there's still dinosaurs at the helm, Mm -hmm. at the helm in these companies. And they actually haven't got a clue what consumers want. Like it's changed because with all these subscriptions in place now, football should be more accessible than ever. Yeah. Even if there is no fans in the ground, should be more accessible than ever. But it doesn't make sense because, like Chris says, India, like being sports, CNBC in America, like it's all free for them. It's on cable. Like they, that's it's free to them. So why are you pricing out your, your main customer? You can monetize it. To the, to the British public in a way that where it'll be hoovered up it'd be like it's honestly it, it's ridiculous I can't get my head around that strategy it seems like a complete like I said it's a complete crash grab absolute yeah. crash grab and it will backfire because as Keith said I'd imagine that the numbers won't be great at all yeah well like and 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 this might sound a bit extreme, but there's an argument for for you to ring up Sky and BT like here on Torn there, 102 pound a month, right? And there's an argument for you to ring up and go cancel the whole lot now. I want it all gone, and they'll say to you, "Well, you have to give 30 days, and that was fine. I'll pay this month, but I'm not going any further with you." And then just turn around, order yourself an IPTV package for a hundred quid a year, and and that's it. There's an argument to do that now, and and like you, like you, you, you people, you people who are talking to me now, and people in the chat are saying it is a money grab, and it is it, it's exploitation of people, and and I can't. And Shawnee said, like you know, it's draconian and nearly at this stage. Why can't they turn around and go, lads? We the piracy in the game is through the roof. If we do this, it's just going to fucking send it over the edge. I was just and people, say, they're actually I'm, driving you to leave. Yeah, yeah, and, and people. No. And, and people that and people that were, you know, um, worried about their subscription, worried about football, and you know, oh, will I will I get to see this game? Will I get to see that game? Now they're looking, going, I'm paying for all this, and then if my team don't happen to be on your list, I have to pay another fifteen quid. So if Liverpool play five games a month and two and end games are, you know, not on the the the, the standard Sky or BT package, which is very. The chances are very small, let's be honest. But you're then paying on 102 quid, you're paying nearly 20% more a month just to see your team play. It's it's unfucking believable. Unbelievable. But and once they hook people in, that's it. Because it's like boxing. You can't get a boxing match for love no money now that's not on pay-per-view. Do you know what I mean? Like So if people take this up, they'll only have themselves to blame in two years when every correct game is paying. Correct me if I'm wrong. Years and years ago, was in the Premier League Plus... Didn't Sky do yeah. one game a weekend that was pay per view? Yeah. And it was about 21 euro, and it was always yeah. a big game. It was yeah. always like Liverpool United, Liverpool yeah. Arsenal. Manchester they went away from Arsenal. that. So, why, what I, made I them think, think it would be, I don't think it'll be totally scrapped. I think the future does lie with sort of the big games going to pay per view. And I'm not sure how anyone will be able to stop that. Unless there's a massive, massive boycott, but I don't think it will be for everybody. IPTV, IPTV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but it's not even that. the The future really should be, and and this is it's probably another conversation to have another time. But the the future should be. When is this Sky and BT contract up? When is it up? And when it's up, what we're going to do is we're not going to sell any of our fucking rights. What we're going to do is we're going to tell everybody around the world, listen, Premier League TV, right? And it's going to cost you twenty quid a month. 
okay, worldwide, 20 quid a month, you get it on your skybox or wherever you want to put it on, and you get it on and you flick around the fucking, like on a Wednesday night on BT, you can flick around and pick any game you want, right? And it's not even a streaming service, it's a television service at 20 quid or the equivalent of 20 quid a month, worldwide, and we cut out Sky and we cut out BT and we cut out everybody and we just go direct to the customer. There you go, 20 quid a month, and you can have it on your telly and you can have it on your mobile and you can have it on your tablet or whatever way you want to use it that's the way to go and because i have a little feeling here that sky bt however are charging this have pressurized the premier league a little bit because they're saying listen we're going to do this and if you don't back it we will start questioning what we're paying you and you're going to lose even more so we're going to pay you what we owe you but we're going to go and do this on the side and you're going to back it. You're going to tow the company line whether you like or not. And I, I have a oh, feeling that that's what might, what might be happening we'll here. I will say one thing. If they promise me I don't have to listen to fucking Martin Tyler and Alan Smith, I might do quid. Would you listen to Adrian doing the commentary on Saturday? Because that means he won't be in goal. I'd literally rather hack me bollocks off or rusty <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, listen. It's it's got it's something that's gonna r- rumble on unless you know, like when some common sense comes in and it gets overturned. You know, we've seen it happen in, in football before and with Liverpool before, where situations come up and common before sense prevails. We, before we move on from that, Gav, have you seen the stuff? I'm sure you all have about Liverpool and Man U and Rick Parry and the EFL yeah. looking to to sort out um, football into the future and all this sort of stuff. And the Premier League are going mad over that. Because yeah. it it takes away a bit of the power from them as well, you know. So the Premier League, yeah. I think, are not a good look. For, it's not a good look for the clubs who are pushing that down. I don't think. I think it's all right. I I, I was reading about it all day. I think it's all right. The, I like the layout. I like yeah. the playoff idea between the Championship yeah. and the Premier League, same as the Bundesliga. But I don't think. I don't think there should be like a higher Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that because you look at what happened with Newcastle and look, they, we go back to piracy. Newcastle <laughs> didn't, they wouldn't allow the, the man to take over at Newcastle because of piracy issues. And then they want to charge 15 quid a pop for what the match. So, but that doesn't like, mean that there's no, there's no um, force at the Premier League, in my opinion. Like, yeah. there's, there's huge issues there. It's well, they've, a had that, they've had, that, they've had yeah. that way since 1992. Yeah, and and the way they look at it is, it's not broken. Don't fix it, but it's not. It, it doesn't have to be broken. It, the world moves on, times move on, and you look at what's going on nowadays. This is what happens, and you have to adjust to it. The Premier League just want the Premier League to be the way it's always been. You know, the biggest the biggest league in the world. We call the shots. We sell all our rights to all over the world for mass, mass, massive amounts of money, and why change anything? You know, Rick Perry's rocked the boat a couple of times now, and. Um, I, you know, he, he, he did, he rocked it during the whole discussion about uh, coronavirus and, and nulling yeah. fighting leagues and stuff like that. Um, and he's rocking it again now. But um, it'll be interesting to see him. And of course, we watch that as it goes on. Um, Grace, I want to come to you. FSG and Red Ball, or uh, what's your man's name? Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Billy Bean. Um, he's back on the scene. Um, Billy Bean back on the scene. I like that. Uh, Billy Bean is not my lover. So, so what we're looking at, <laughs> Billy Bean is not my lover. I'm gonna, do you know what? Okay. Uh, do you know what? When I put this out for an audio download, I'm changing the name of the podcast to Billy Bean is not my lover. It's actually amazing. And Shawnee's head on Michael Jackson's, um, <laughs> body. But, um, <coughs> if I have time, but 
Yeah, big Chris, commitment, that guy. Big commitment. Big, oh, especially the amount of shit I have to do. Um, uh, make an appointment. Grizz, this here looks, um, when you get down to the nitty of it, it looks like somewhere around 1.3 billion for uh, a 20% share in the FSG portfolio, which will include the Red Sox and will include the Liverpool Football Club. What are you making of this? Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it came to, to me first, the person who's read it, read about it the least. So mm. I'm just going to sort of hand it over to, to the other lads and say, look, there's not much we can make of it because because we don't know the exact details. There is uncertainty in terms of will it be a positive. The natural reaction to every layman fan is will it mean, you know, we get to buy Mbappe? Well, it's yeah. you know that's that's not the the the, the focus or the or the, or the 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 points that are relevant right now because this is huge. This is as we were speaking of here, and I don't want to take Shawnee's points. Um, Shawnee's going to obviously go on to them, and this is sort of this has been in the makings in the works for for a little while now. It's not just suddenly uh, these talks have appeared. There is a, a long term strategy behind these plans and behind this sort of proposed takeover. And it's not just affecting Liverpool, as you said, it affects the whole network, sort of, which includes um, Boston Red Sox. So it's the whole portfolio. Um, look, it's way too complicated for someone like me to try to break it down and analyse it. But um, until more details come out, um, you know, it's, 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 it's slightly naive to sort of make judgments on it, in my opinion. So what basically what you're saying is you were too lazy to read any of this in preparation for the show? And he gave us the heads up on it as so. well. He said, look, lads, look what's happening here. And then just went, ah, they'll read it. I'm listen, off. it's all about I'm off to have a big glass of milk. Listen, they don't call us the A-team for no reason. It's all about teamwork. Each one has this speciality. This is Interesting. Uh, interesting. You mentioned the A-team. I have a little question for you as well before we, uh, before we finish later on. Um, most people will guess what that I'm is. I'm being Baracus. Shiny his face. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's definitely faced. There's no doubt Pendleton, about it. Yeah. Walking around looking at the business and just letting people know that he's been off on a board. Um, usually in it, you know, but uh, he's definitely faced. Someone's got to do a mock up of us in the 18 with our faces in it. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say so. Well, in fairness, the one, um, the one of me and Keith in the Sky Sports Studios went down well. So I'm sure we can do that. Yeah. But, Shawnee, looking at this, it looks like they are trying to raise capital to, to, it, it's a portfolio thing, not just Liverpool Football Club. And, and it wouldn't mean that Liverpool would be traded on the open market, you know, um, uh, or the stock exchange and the 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 group the portfolio yeah. would but not Liverpool Football Club. Shani, there's been positives towards this. There's been negatives towards it. What's your feeling on it? It's hard to say because, like, are you gonna are you gonna remove FSG lads from the positions in terms of Liverpool? No, because the twenty percent they won't be able to. You know what I mean? Mm. It's. I think this is some sort. I think the end game uh, for this. What's it called? Red, red. What's it called again? Red ball. Red, red ball. ball. Sorry. I think the end game for them would be sort of like uh, a succession plan with FSG to eventually for them to take over and that to be under the Billy Bean portfolio because um, I know Billy Bean is highly, highly regarded in in the sport in the sports world in America as being a shrill, shrill businessman. And An innovator. He does, yeah, he is, he is. And he does invest. And um, look, 
I don't know. It's hard to know exactly what impact it'll have on Liverpool. But my feeling is that the impact will be minimal, if any. Um, <clears throat> I think it'll just be there's a large upon the money there to break. Look, I think in a perfect world, we'd be separate, completely separate entity from the, the Boston Red Sox and we'd be Liverpool. And for that to happen, we would be floated on the stock market. And I know people are saying um, they don't like the sound of the stock market when you look at Manchester United, but there's loads of clubs on the stock market. Look at Bruce's on, yeah. look at how that they run, and they're on the stock market. You need to understand that like they're not all Glazers. That is it, the same way that they're not all Chiefs and they're not all Abramovich's. Not everyone's a Glazer. Um, like, we have no depth. We have nothing to, to be pounded in and, and taken advantage of uh, by someone like a Billy Bean. So, um, I, I'm not too worried about it. Um, unless Billy Bean looks like Brad Pitt and he's sitting in the main stand every other week, well then I don't really care. Yeah. You're all about the looks, Johnny. All about the looks. Image Keith, is everything. Image is everything. Um, Keith, for you, you know, I've read up a little bit on this and it's 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 limited um information you're getting at the moment it's yeah. it's rumor going around there's been a couple of figures thrown around of course it's a, it's a minority stake in the portfolio so you know how much of of the percentage of liverpool is involved in that 20% you don't know you know but but for you is this some sort of solution where fsg are are basically selling a minority stake of liverpool but they're just doing it in a slightly different way yeah, I think I read a, a lot of the stuff that's come out on it today and there's a lot, not a scaremongering, but people are panicking that it means that Liverpool are going to be paying, it, it, that sorry, FSG will be paying out a dividend and it's all going to come out of Liverpool coffers. Nobody knows what's going to happen. The one thing I'd say is FSG, since they've taken over Liverpool, haven't taken money out and have done everything to get us where we are, right? Now, not everyone will agree with that. A lot of people criticise them and think they got lucky by hiring the best man for the job, even though they were the ones who hired him. I think FSG will do this to... It's more than Liverpool. It's the whole group. Do you know what I mean? Anyone who saw Moneyball know, or that even knows the story, that John Henry was mad to get Billy Bain on board and eventually he's going to get him into the, the whole portfolio now. I think it's just... FSG making a a bigger move for their own business than just Liverpool. And I think Liverpool fans are probably panicking. As Shawnee said, it's not all a case of Man U, you know, taking money out, taking money out. Look at other clubs that are trading on the stock exchange that are well that are ran well. And my thinking is we'd be the same. FSG have shown no um no indication that that they will, you know, run us any differently. Whether Billy Bean is invested in the club or not, I just think it's it, not that it's a non-story, but it's much ado about nothing really. Just to finish on a Shawnee, uh, Super Tiger says Billy Bean Investment Group screams following screams of following City's route of buying clubs in yeah. other leagues to skirt around local rules and have a place you can use a finishing school for your youth players. Is that a good show? Is that a good show for you, Shawnee? Because I I see where the investment got like they've invested in in a League Two. Um, team in France haven't they yeah, Troyes, maybe. Yeah. was no, it Toulouse, Toulouse I think but they were only relegated yeah, so but, they were but, in League 1 League 1 but uh, uh, what I can see here is this is, for me Sean this just looks like listen we're going to give you 20% of, of everything rather than just focusing in on 
on on one entity. And it means then that they, they don't have to, you know, they don't have to spend that twenty that that one point three billion. You know, twenty percent of Liverpool is probably somewhere around four hundred million at the moment, right? And yeah. and Liverpool fans would look for it to go into Liverpool. Whereas it's a lot easier for for Fenway Sports Group to say we're taking in one point three billion across um whatever we, we own uh, or any assets and we can move it whatever way we feel like it. You know, because you know, I'm sure the Boston Red Sox fans are looking going, one point three billion well, we want the most of it. And Liverpool fans say we want the most of it. You know, and it's it's easier to, to shuffle money around in, in, in a bigger in a bigger circle than be under pressure for Liverpool fans to go, You just gave us four hundred million. Where is it? You know that kind of way? Yeah, exactly. I d I that was like this idea of going City's route of like leading out players and these networks. These networks already exist. That I'd you'd be surprised. You just can't see them. You know what I mean? Like I'd imagine we have very close ties to the like uh, Red Bull Salzburg and possibly Leipzig, and they would be potential networks that the same Michael Edwards is laying down the routes in. Like uh, Chelsea for years had the uh, Vitesse and him in in Holland where they'd lend out their players to every year, even yeah. though there was no direct link there. There was always a good relationship between clubs. These these relationships exist in world football. They exist in everything, really. You know what I mean? It, there's nothing you can do because, look, let's not lose sight. They are businesses at the end of the day, and big businessmen have friends in high places, so to speak. Well, we're going through a, the whole, whole musical uh, touches tonight, but um, it will always be the case where these lads have mates in places where they can just loan out players or basically abuse and neglect and avoid any rules. So I'm not, I'm not worried about it, lads, to be honest with you, because as long as Edwards and Klopp are there, what needs to be done will be done. Like, <laughs> like, and he's also a Liverpool fan as well, Billy Bean. We spend too much time worrying about this shit that we can't, we can't control. That's the thing you see, because I'm wondering, will we see any change to Liverpool if this went ahead? I'm wondering oh, what we would actually see. Yeah, David Moyes um, is back in the chat, our mate David Moyes. It's, it's the real David Moyes and great news. He says, I'm coming back this weekend to a stadium and we'll have Ben Rama at my disposal. He says, Harry Kane and, Harry Kane and Garrett Bale, I'm coming for you. Um, so there you go, big Fine big words from. Moisey. Yeah, he's Fine back. Talk. He's back. He has all his um, senses back now, and he's back to um, hunt the Premier League. And go, go well, man yourself. That. That's a cracking signing for West Ham. <laughs> How much? Okay, the price is slight high, thirty million, but that's including Jesus. Brentford have done well this summer, didn't they? Jesus, sixty yeah. million quid. Nice. But Gav, and a new stadium. He's bloody special. Oh, I can't believe he hasn't been snapped up by a bigger club. Sorry, no offense, David. But why yeah. hasn't he is a question. You know, David won't know, care. David doesn't even like West Ham, for fuck's yeah. sake. It's balls. You need balls. Um, mm. Right, well, listen, we move on. We've about 10, 15 minutes left. So, um, Keith, I'm going to come to you first. And throughout this week, um, of course, we'll have we'll have the forum tomorrow um, for really good topics on that tomorrow. We'll have the midweek fix on Wednesday um, where we'll discuss. We'll probably get into the same stuff again that's when, when it develops um, as to what we've been speaking about tonight. And then we move to the Friday forecast where we will do a big, big preview of the Everton game. But just without without doing a big preview now or, you know, predicting teams or anything, it's too far out, um, in my opinion. 
How big is this, Keith? Because I know it's the fifth game of the season. I know Everton have started with four wins from four. We had a disaster against Villa. People don't expect Everton to, to continue on in this vein for for. Well, they're not. They don't expect them to be challenging come the end of the season. But how big a game is this? Because we've seen teams in the past, Keith, where they're on a good run and adrenaline pushes them, and and before they know it, they're coming around January, February, and they're and they're right in the mix. And that's an Everton thing. And for Liverpool, how how big is it for us to react? And is it the perfect game to do so? Uh, I don't think it's the perfect game to do so. In some ways, it's like, yeah, you just get out and react. It's easier said than done. And I'm hugely worried about <coughs> what players will be available for us um, come Saturday. That's the big issue I have. Everton could surprise a lot of people this year because they've signed well, right? They've signed well over the last year or so. And they have a manager now that is a genuinely world-class manager, right? So... I, I know what you're saying. Teams can take an early lead and then can tail off and find their natural place. But everything, I think this is going to be the biggest game for them in fucking decades. I think it's, you know, they're going to be so, they're going to see us as a, a wound. No, like they're going to see us on the ground and think, right, we can get these. They thought that last year when we played the kids, they thought that when we went in and made four or five changes to our team. They always think they have a chance, but I think this time they could have a chance, you know, and only down to the fact that they're on a high and I'm worried about who will be missing. You know, I'm really worried about it. Yeah. Shawnee, two questions for you. Can everything keep this up? And by that, I mean, you know, stay in challenging no. for top four over the season. That's the first question. Jesus, he was quick. No. Um, he's, he's very, very upset. Um, that's the first question. And the second question is, is it an advantage to Liverpool that Everton go into a derby believing they can beat us? Because usually when Everton have their tails of going into a derby, we put them back in their box. And usually yeah. when they're in crisis, they play a little bit better. Do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, I wish this game was at Anfield. And I was no fan there. But one, one thing that probably the only criticism I can have a Jürgen Klopp in his five years of being Liverpool manager is that he goes to Old Trafford and he goes to Goodison Park and I think it's in the back of his head. It's probably the only game of the season where he thinks, I don't want to lose here. Yeah. Or, I, I don't want to lose here. And we've been shy every yeah. single time. We've been crap. We got the winner with Mane, Mane Christmas, everyone. Shy game. One of the worst games you'll ever watch. The one after that was a nil all. That's the last oh, goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it's always shy. It's crap. But that being said, whenever we go there, they're fucking in the mud and they're yeah. done. The season is done. It's literally the only game that they have. It's a cup final. The narrative is a little bit different on, on Saturday. There's a bit of a pressure on Everton this time because they probably feel they might need to be able to get a result. You know yeah. what I mean? And they might be able to get a result. But I'm not fucking buying it. I'm sick of this shite. Uh, people blowing smoke up Everton's ass. They had a rough game against Brighton at home. They beat a shite Everton and I don't even know who they played in another game. It's Everton. We are still one of the best boys in Europe. If if we are on a level par and people think this is a 50-50 game, <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad. Grizz well, has 2-2 two, two well, locked in here, I'd say. <laughs> Coming to me after that should have gone to Shawnee last. Uh, look, um, I disagree. 
I think it's um, the worst time to go to play Everton. I don't believe in this. Um, it's it's. I, I don't believe it's sort of. It's a pivot. Every game is pivotal in this Premier League. We know that it's going to be mad, especially the way it started. I think Everton are playing really well. I think Everton have bought really well. I think Everton have got an elite manager, who's in his second season now. Is it his second gap? Yep. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Forceful season. There you go. Um, he's an elite manager. Elite manager has elite managers have impacts on teams, and his impact is seen throughout this team. They've got an absolute awful goalkeeper yet they're still churning out results, which shows you the level of the rest of the team. I think it's high. I think their centre-backs are physical. I think they're great in, in Mina and Keane. They can be got out, but, but apart from that, I think every, everywhere else, they're very strong now. The weakest link was central midfield. They've strengthened so, that from, abundance. From the two centre-backs and the goalkeeper. Yeah, so, well, mm-hmm. this, yeah, no, I think their centre-backs are good, I said, but they can be got out. Uh, I think their full-backs are very good. I've always rated Coleman. Look, Forget about I'm not blowing smoke up there. I'm just saying... Coleman injured, is he? Yeah. Is he injured? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that could be that could be interesting because he's a good player and he has a stormer against us every game. Um, we do freeze at Everton. We do freeze at Old Trafford. Um, the, the turmoil around our squad in terms of illness, players coming back from injury, it's not a pleasant time to go there. But it's what champions are made of. And that's... And when Shawnee says we're still the best team around, of course, I do believe that overall we are. We're, we're, we're massive. We're way ahead of Everton. Everton, I don't believe, will challenge for the, for the, you know, for the top four or something, but they've got an absolute brilliant chance of getting to that top six. I think they've got the informed striker um, in the Premier League and the midfield's full of energy and running. Our players have been everywhere around the world. Um, the likes of Bobby will be coming back Thursday, um, I think. The Richarlis- was Richarlison away? Yeah, he was in this Brazil squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jerry I mean, Mina. Was Jerry Mina away in South America? Yeah. yeah he, that was the Colombia? South America. They were the World Cup qualifiers, so any of them, like, these yeah. weren't friendlies. They were the qualifiers. Oh, oh yes, of course they were, because Rodriguez Rodrig- right. put one in the top corner, so he's, he's in form as well. Um, look, you want my opinion? I think, I think um, we will go there. Um, very tight like we do. Um, the the returning of Mane and Hendo and Thiago, Thiago. is huge. Is yeah. massive. Is massive. It gives us um, it gives us hope. It gives us uh, a chance to see if we can control the game. Because and I also think the lack of fans, surely, it's a tricky one for them. I will say this because if the fans were in that crowd in that ground they'd be baying for blood in terms of attack, 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 mm. because they think they're good now, right? But the fact that there's no fans <laughs> there, I think will work possibly against us because they will still play Keiji. He's Italian. He's Carlo Ancelotti. He, he, he's focused on sort of strength and power, and that's what he's going to do. I think they're going to, I think they're going to give us a good, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to be sort of very, oh, very, oh no, it will. I think this one's. I think this one's going to be a special one. This game. Oh, I'm telling you. No, I'm telling you. I, no. I, 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 I haven't said two or four reasons. Half twelve Saturday. Don't even get out of bed. This has the makings. This has the makings of a possible card or t- a red card or two. And I'll tell you, if anyone's a betting man out there, two is the one to go for this week. I'm telling you. 
At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. I disagree with you completely. Um, you'll be surprised to, to hear. This is, this is the perfect game for Liverpool to go and play. For the reasons you just said, we go to Goodison, we go to Old Trafford and, and we play very conservative. We we don't take initiative at these games. We we become very reactive as to what the other team are doing. Because when, and Sean is right, we win the game with Mane in 16, 17. Um, and it's a shocking game of football. Um, but it's yeah. brilliant ending. It's a brilliant ending. The following season, of course, we are going for the European Cup and we play a uh, shadow side. Fine. And last season, um, of course, it was the first game back after COVID and it was a game you'd nearly come to expect. This one, you can't go in and be conservative in. He can't be because I'm following that Villa result. And he's, and I'm going to get on to Klopp in a minute because he said something very important in, in a, in a YouTube video I watched from Liverpool Football Club where he said, losses aren't too bad if you learn from them. And boy, Jesus, Liverpool learn from defeats. And uh, the mix of everything, the mix, the mix of everything going in here for me, now it could be completely wrong come Saturday at half two or whatever it might be, but the mix of everything going in here with the tails up thinking they're fucking, you know, prime fucking Barcelona from 2011 or whatever. Um, and the and the the fact that Liverpool need a reaction and will want to show a reaction and have for me the two key players for them coming back in 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 Jordan Henderson and Sadio Mane and Thiago was is a bonus. I think it's absolutely made for Liverpool to go out and absolutely upend these fuckers and literally turn around and go, yeah, is that all you have? Because here we're back. Liverpool react so well to adversity, so fucking well, and it's one of their biggest traits. And I can tell you. These players might be away on international duty, but I'd say they're all absolutely foaming at the mouth to get into back into this Premier League and put that Villa game to bed. Having said that, we will do a proper preview on Friday. We'll get Keith. We'll try to get Shawnee. We'll try to get Grizz. We'll try to get some Everton fans. They're very hard to come, boy. Um, yeah. uh, well, they're not very hard to come, boy. They'll be all right now. Well, we keep asking these people to come on and no one will answer us. Um, I don't know whether it's... I don't know. Like, if I'm, I don't know. You're very intimidating, Gav. <laughs> I'm not really intimidating. Well, you, I, I, maybe the word that were very aggressive has been, um, has been aggressive. Out, out there. Very aggressive. But um, listen, it's we'll have to wait and see. But we promise you a proper bumper Friday of um, with a big, big Liverpool and Everton preview and the rest of the Premier League thrown in as well. Lads, I want to finish up in the next five minutes. But... Um, before we do, Liverpool Football Club put out a video um, the other day for Klopp being um, five years at the helm. It's 22 minutes long and it's sensational. And what I want to talk to all the lads, just, I don't know, if, uh, I think the three lads have all watched it. I know Sean, he's watched it. Fucking yeah, on a loop in the gaff, I'd say. <laughs> um, he loves all that shit. Just, he pauses it to watch it. What, what <laughs> you, <laughs> he paused just to watch Inside Anfield Editions because he loves them as well. Um, but Sean, I'll come to you first. I watched that video and I said in our WhatsApp group, we won't see his like again. Not a chance. They were my exact words. Would you go along with that? Because even watching that video and how he explains ups, downs, you know, um, toy games, how to deal with players, how to deal with fans, all, everything in that, he is just 
a, a phenomenal human being. Yeah, um, like you heard of, you heard of actors being born to play roles and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Jurgen Klopp was born to manage Liverpool, and he was born to manage a club like Liverpool. It's the way he did at Mainz. It's the way he did at Dortmund. It's just he's genuine. Like he's, it's just all genuine. He never looks for sound bites. It's just it all comes from the heart, and. His outlook on football is pretty much his outlook on life. You know what I mean? Like, when he came in, we were in a shit spot. I know 13, 14 was a hell of a roller coaster, but look, there was no stability. There was no foresight. There was no belief. There was no real connection between the, the players on the pitch and the fans in the stands. And it was the first thing he dressed. And he got bashed for it. And look, Klopp is highly regarded now, but don't forget, not too long ago, all of these big media groups and sports channels and Twitter pages were comparing him to Brendan Rodgers, his win percentage and stuff like that, and his win ratio. And these were all things that he held against them. But you talk about assets in football, you have yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, you have Kylian Mbappe, you have Messi, you have Van Dijk, Jorgen Klopp, is arguably the biggest asset in world football because you look around the Premier League at the moment, you look at Barcelona, not so much Madrid, but you look at the lack of leadership, the lack of management, the lack of foresight, the lack of vision, the lack of strategy. And then you look at Jurgen Klopp, he literally encapsulates what football is all about. It's about passion. It's about the fans and it's about connection. It's about feeling them big moments and being attached to it. And that's why I just, I get so mad at people who are negative towards Liverpool FC. And I know, especially now, especially now, I can't understand it. It's literally prime time to be a Liverpool supporter. We are living in the age of Jurgen Klopp. It's not going to get better than this. It's really not. It'll be a complete anomaly if it gets better than this. It's, just incredible to see what he's done in such a short space of time. Five years. And when he came in, we were all on the ground. And now look, and I, I hate, it's corny, it's cheesy as fuck. And it's like stuff as Latan says. And I know that from doubters to believers, but look now, look what he's done. Like back on our pitch, all the superlatives. He's just incredible. We are so, so lucky to be born in this time of Jürgen Klopp and to be living in as we live and we don't realise how lucky that we are we really don't no we don't uh, Ben Webb um, friend of the show says and if anybody wants to annoy Ben get on to Twitter and tell him listen why don't you come on and have a chat with the lads um, Ben Webb is, is brilliant get on and follow him on Twitter he's deadly uh, 100% he says um, I presume on what Sean is saying there he says Jürgen and Liverpool club Liverpool Football club and city are a match made in heaven. Statues will be made in years to come. I yeah, I I can't really argue with that. Um, yeah. where are they putting the statue though? You know what I mean? Knock down all the other ones, melt them, and <laughs> I put it at the filter light on the on the on the break <laughs> road at the filter light there. Um, I think it looked great right there. Yeah, Keith. Keith, we've all seen the video. Before you go on to Keith, like, of I, I just want to. Rajiv and other people, Zach, they're all in the comments about what about life after Klopp and what about what's going to happen in Klopp's oh, last season. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. 
just stop. Yeah. Just stop. Literally, one game at a time. Enjoy this fella. Drink it all in because yeah. it's not going to get better than this. Don't worry about what's going to happen three or four years down the line because, like I said, you can do absolutely nothing to affect that. But what you can do now is enjoy a golden generation in this club's history. Ben Webb, sorry, Ben Webb wants the statue outside the brick. Um, I don't know if that'll happen, to be perfectly honest with you. Keith, um, Jurgen Klopp, um, you know, five years, and watch your feelings on it, because Shawnee's put really, really well there, in fairness to him. Yeah. But just, you know, when you when you think back of all the memories around Jurgen Klopp and, and, and the, you know, Norwich away when Lalana scores, yeah. like, Mane on his back, all the sort of yeah, stuff. Great. Um, and and then you watch that video from the other day, which is just perfect. Um, he's just he, he's one in a million, isn't he? He is one in a million, and I think he's the the best thing to happen to the club. I think. Um, look, I'm not going to run down Shankly and Paisley's, you know, legacies and all that, but he's had to come in and take on countries with unlimited resources and wealth to get Liverpool where they are, from where they were to where they are now. Like, make no mistake, we're one of the best teams in the world. You know, it was no fluke where we got to, and it was down to hard work, and every step of the way, he was mocked and he was lashed out of it. The two all at West, against West Brom at Anfield when he brought them all to the to the crowd. Fans got years of leading, giving us stick over that. Oh, that's sad, two all draw, celebrating a two all draw. But he didn't see what he was doing, that he was bringing the, the fans and the team back together, stay till the end. And this is the results that you get. Everything he does is calculated. People think he's a buffoon and he's an idiot, but he's not. He's one of the smartest, most intelligent people in, you know, in the world. You know what I mean? This fella is, he knows everything that he's doing. He plays on emotion and it is a match made in heaven. You know, as as was a Ben said between the, the club and the city and your mm. club, because he just gets the people, he gets the character, he gets the, the values. And there's not many... You know, I, I can't think of another example. Cannot think of another example of a manager and a, a team that were so um, well-matched as Klopp. Without, you know, they'd say Guardiola and Barcelona. He was a player there. He came up. But this club didn't have toys to Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? That He came here and he... You could argue Ferguson and United. You could argue... For, well, yeah, OK. You could argue Ferguson and United, Arsenal and Wenger. I mean, there's been clubs that have had managers that just walked... But Klopp, you know, I'm not even just talking about in a football sense. I'm talking about personal sense, values, and what he thinks and believes. It it's easy to buy into him when you know, you know, the emotion. He's a very emotional fellow. We know that. But Liverpool fans and Liverpool, Liverpoolian scouts people, very emotional, um, and it just all it all fits. You know, the the thing, the biggest thing I remember Klopp saying that I've taken from Klopp was the, the, was it the first interview press conference and he said, you know, don't judge me when I come in, judge me yeah. when I leave. That's yeah. the standout thing that he said to me and that's why I don't shit myself on transfer windows because you can win a transfer window but you can, what does it achieve you? You know what I mean? Liverpool didn't buy anyone last summer of no and everyone went apeshit. We didn't buy anyone before that and everyone went apeshit but we've gone as a club, we've gone up each of them years. Mm. Don't judge a yeah. transfer window on what happens then. Judge it at the end of the season. Don't judge a manager when he comes in. You know, don't hail Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, for example, without digging them out. You know, Ole's at the wheel. How good does it feel? Tell you, that wheel's long gone. 
But we have Klopp, who's Fucking just wagon steady. wheelie has. Oh. <laughs> but it's it's steady. Everything has been an improvement. They compare, as Shawnee was saying, you know, they compare Rogers and Klopp's stats at the start. It was, oh, but after these games, Rogers had done that. They do the same with Solchar. They do the same with Solchar, saying, you know, oh, his win rate was the same. But he's not going anywhere. Klopp was progressing and was moving us all the time. It's just the, the ultimate match made in heaven. And I just think, you know, and anyone that has a bad word to say, even his character, it, we got beaten 7-2 by Villa last week. He's on there smiling, shaking all the Villa players as well, chicken winging the mark, fist pump or whatever it is you do after the game. You know, he's not running off like a bleeding, a scalded cat. You know, he, he's, he's magnanimous in defeat. People look at that as a weakness. It's not a weakness. It's a huge strength of his. I just think it's uh, Moisey there saying, oh, he's a good man. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Didn't want to offend the manager's union. But it's just the ultimate uh, the ultimate Liverpool man, and he's not from Liverpool. It, yeah, it, amazing. Biggest signing we've made, in my opinion. Transformed yeah. there. Lifted us off the gutter and put us where, back where we belong. Yeah, I, th- I think that's very fair. Um, I've left a comment up there for a bit because Courtney nearly says, my granddad lived through all the greats, Shanks, Paisley, etc. And he always said Klopp was easily there with Shanks. And this was before any of the trophies. It's obviously the the the, the persona the, the, of, of Jürgen Klopp that, you know, you know when you hear people when they walk into a room, everyone kind of it grab he grabs their attention. I think that's what Klopp is like in the world of football. Grizz, what's your thoughts on Jürgen Klopp? And and we've seen him do so many years at Mainz, so many years at Borussia Dortmund. He's five years into Liverpool now, with, with another four to go. Um, he will have at least nine years at Liverpool. Um, all things going well, and hopefully more beyond that. But do you think this will be the m- most? This would be the club he'll, he'll always end up with the most emotion about simply because he matches up so well and because where he's brought the club from and to and he could, where it could go in the next four years. Look, I can't, I can't really add much to what the two maestros have said about the fella and his time out here. But, you know, it's 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 difficult to say what would be the most, um, what would be his most emotional club in terms of, you know, for him personally, because that's a personal decision. But what we can look at is the legacy he's left at each of those clubs and how the fans remember him. Not only the fans from boardroom level downwards to fans to everything. You know, all the great managers and all great people in life always have um, a unique way of capturing the moment and lifting that moment anytime it's down. And, you know, I've noticed with Jurgen Klopp and his tenure here, there's always been at the lowest ebb of... So, for example, we go back to his first season and it's the League Cup final, isn't it? The first yeah. Cup final yeah. we lose this. And we're playing against uh, the state of... Uh, yeah, the, the United States of City, Abidab, right? So, Abidab, yeah. Um, and he's got a sort of... We all know the team he has. But what does he say after the, you know, um, the final? We will learn and we will come back. You know, he says it and, and you know, it's just this, he has this uh, skill of just elevating anyone's mood at any given time. His, um, his, everything about him is just sort of exactly what we needed. Even, look, even at the start of the COVID, when we had all this, the initial news of COVID, I wouldn't be surprised, people, if he announced his extension just to lift the moods of the people around the country. Not country, I mean Liverpool fans around the country. You know, we were all, another all-time low, Null and Void were out. He announces his um, um, extension. 
after every down, after the league. Look at it, how gracious he takes every defeat. Look how, and you're right, he got a lot of stick with that West Bromwich incident and the fans and people taking the piss out of him about he's a hug merchant and all he's improved is his teeth. He never said a bad word. He never lashed out in the press. He never, you never hear headlines. He never lost it with the media. You know, he's still the most sought after man in interviews and in press conferences. You know, there's been better coaches in him in terms of before he started winning the league, whatever. But he was the most sought after man. People wanted to interview him. They had him on Sky very early on, if you guys remember. Look how brilliant he was. Everywhere he goes, he lifts and elevates the mood of the people. Even this documentary, City have made a documentary, Spurs have made a documentary over fucking what, 15 episodes or whatever. In his 15, 20 minutes, he smashes all of those documentaries out of the park. Just the things he says, just the things he says to the players, the bond between the players. He doesn't need to act. It's not an act. It's absolutely natural. And that's the thing with him. You know, what you see with him, with his players, is what he's like, you know, behind the scenes as well, from top to bottom. He's an absolute legend. He's a living legend. Look, I wasn't around at, believe it or not, I wasn't around at Shanky's time, uh, just about in Paisley's. Um, I'm joking if you stop fucking taking that seriously but we can't speak for that era but what we can speak and what we can live through as Shawnee says and I think he says oh, is live through the Klopp era and enjoy every fucking single second of it because this is unique look how we talk about Shankly still right look how our elders talk about Shankly look how the elders talk about we're going to talk like this about Klopp to our kids and our grandchildren because he's that special and more forget statues this guy is is the best thing that's ever happened to Liverpool Football Club, bar none. Um, and long may it continue, man. Long may it continue. If you ever need a reminder, just look at United fans now. They completely wallowed in their success for the best part of two decades, completely took it for granted. And the moment has passed them now. And now they're realising what they missed out on, what they lived through. And they're like, we didn't appreciate the good times. That's why... I appreciate every three points, every time Klopp phones up to a press conference, everything he says. These are all very unique moments. And I love what Grizz said there. The greats in time, the great figures in history encapsulate big moments. Ali, when he beat Sonny Liston, I shook up the world, rocking the ropes. Just small little things, you see. Klopp on the bus. We we live in the age now of gifts and all of these memories he gives us. He's exactly like us. When you see when you see the lads at Farnby Hall and Klopp is going mad to show me love, throwing shape like a twenty year old out filling a dance floor. He is us in the management team in Liverpool. He thinks Absol- and he feels like us. Absolutely connection. Is- Do you remember when we won the league? Oh, Sean? Right. Do you remember what, remember when we won the league and he's and he's holding I think he's holding the trophy or something and he's talking to the fans into the camera so he's not doing the interview yeah. he said fuck off with the interview I'm talking to the fans and he yeah. said this is for you guys I know you guys can't be here look at that who speaks like to the fans through a camera lens when when when, when the presenter's just doing a normal interview he suddenly switches off from the media side of things and he's talking directly to every single Liverpool fan that is watching that interview and says this is for you I know you can't be here but we feel you Imagine how Reds felt like that across the world and the players. And that's the kind of shit you can do, just like that. I have to be honest with you. Um, the biggest moment for me um, watching Jurgen Klopp over the last five years was the night Liverpool were confirmed champions. And yeah. he's trying to do an interview with yeah. Sky. 
I think at the time. The moment for me. The, as well. the, the night of Kenny's cabinet. Remember Kenny's cabinet yeah, stole the yeah. show. Um, the scarf. It's the, the big, huge, massive, huge scarf and the big cabinet. Um, but people talk about statues being made. He gets Liverpool. He gets the city of Liverpool. He, 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 he's a massive persona. He's this. But when you see a man win a league title, there's many managers out there that would have won that and made it about themselves. And stood in front of cameras and went, "How look at me! I'm the big I am, you know." And he didn't. He crumbled, and he did crumble. That's genuine. He crumbled in front of a camera that night because he has immersed himself in Liverpool from day one. And yeah, Liverpool are waiting thirty years to win a league title, but he tried to cram thirty years of emotion into five. And he, he took it all on his shoulders. And, and when you see an emo- emotion from a man like that, who's, who's, you know, he's won it all. You know, he's won, he's won, he's won in England. He's won, he's won in Germany. He's won European Cup the year before. But to see him literally, to see it hit him yeah. live on TV and for him to crumble like that, it's not something where you go, what the fuck is here? It's something where you go, well, that is a man that actually gets, that's a man that gets exactly what he's talking about because he's talked about it a lot and it just proves that he actually means it and he gets it. And that for me is the biggest moment of Jurgen Klopp's managerial career at Liverpool and will probably, in my opinion, never be surpassed. I'm being honest. Um, it's a great have point, to go. Gav, Before you move on, it is a great yeah. point because as you touched on there, it's not like he hadn't won anything. He won two league titles for Dortmund. He won the Champions mm. League with Liverpool. He'd got over that sort of hump that people said he couldn't win things, ignoring what he'd won in the past. Yeah. But he knew the emotion that went with that league win. He mm. knew what that meant more than anything to Liverpool fans. Mm. And yeah, right. It just it, it's the know, biggest it, moment. It's the biggest yeah, moment. And for it me. wasn't about him. And that's exactly what that sums him up perfectly. It wasn't about yeah, him. Exactly. Um we have to go an hour and 23 minutes where we're messing now. But Grizz, before we go, um, if you were to place all of us in the lineup of the A team, who gets what character? I'm going to let you do it, Grizz, because if we don't let you do it, you're going to claim all sorts um, and then go online and bet do you Grizz twer- only knows BA. <laughs> and, and do it to no, our to make sure he gets. You'll be very surprised. Shawnee is a surprise, surprise face. Of course uh, he is. between me and him. Um, Keith <laughs> is. Keith is the brains. There's no Hannibal. doubt about that. Hannibal. You got yeah. that the wrong way around. No, I think you are. I think you're, and I think Gav's the mad one because Gav is literally mad. Gav can, <laughs> Gav looks calm to everyone else who listens to him on the air. But mm. we know, we know how mad Gav is and Gav is, Gav is mad, absolute mad. So Gav's Murdoch, Hannibal, Face, and ain't getting yeah. no plane. <laughs> Yeah, you do like a glass well, well, in, in fairness, like the only thing I can tie you to with a plane is the time you were flying from Luton to Dublin, and you wanted to see what the time difference was between when you got to Dublin, which was amazing. So, um, yeah, maybe you should not get on a plane. So there you go. Um, listen, that was a brilliant show. Um, really enjoyed it from start to finish. Shawnee, it's been a pleasure. Um, we will talk to you very soon. All the best, Gav. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks. thanks for getting involved in the comments. I'm relaxed. Enjoy it all. And it's all good. It's only everything. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Adriano. Uh, 
Keith, thanks a million. Anyone we in? Talk, no, not Adrian. Just anyone, anyone in. Anyone in? I just said, um, and we said it. We said it during the show. If you have a boots, shin guards, and a pair of gloves, um, go to some park twelve o'clock Saturday. Tell them Sean he sent you, and you get a game. Keith, it's been a pleasure. I'll talk to you soon. Pleasure as always. Good stuff. And BA, talk to you in a bit, See you, my man. See you later, Madman. Good luck. Over and out. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore. We have a way of speaking to each other through food. It's really renewed for me, my love of what I do. It's going to take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us. All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready. See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org. Sports Social Podcast Network.